Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Time Extend. My name is Adam Ismail, and joining me this week is... Brendan Norrison, and today we are capping off our Grid series discussions with Grid Autosport, which has just released on the Nintendo Switch recently, and also Grid 2019, which is um, pretty much one of the biggest racing game releases this year, if not the biggest, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, it's a pretty uneventful year for racing games i think at least you know of the triple a variety because uh, yeah. you know it wasn't really uh it's not a grand Turismo year not really a forza year it's actually like the only like forza has been on the you know horizon motorsport clip alternating every year for so long uh this year was very strange not to get a new forza motorsport but anyway yeah it's uh it's been a pretty low-key year uh wrc8 was a good standout and and uh you know there was a dirt rally but honestly <laughs> like grid is the one that most people were excited for as soon as we heard about it but uh brendan you've been playing it and i know reaction to this game is mixed i know you have a lot to say about it yeah for sure um there is a lot to say about it and whether that's positive or negative um i suppose that will come after we talk about our experiences with grid autosport which um yeah we've been playing quite a, a chunk of that and to be honest i'm pretty i'm pretty happy to see it on the Switch first and foremost because we have talked about games on that system and what we wanted to see on it and Grid Autosport pretty much fits that bill from what we were expecting. It is a really impressive port. Uh, we allude to this a little bit when we talked about race uh, race driver creating race in the previous <laughs> podcast but um, it's, uh, it's a very like shockingly uh, robust you know I guess you could you could argue mobile port because uh, it's on the Switch which is uh kind of mobile hardware to start with but um yeah it's just it plays really well you have those uh, multiple uh gameplay options and graphical modes you could either prioritize graphics or frame rate when you're doing frame rate it's uh it's not always 60 but it's close and when you're doing graphics it looks honestly phenomenal the the only thing that lets that game down uh, in terms of graphics i think is a switch's screen to be brutally honest because it's it's not the best screen but uh but yeah it's a really uh well done port and i mean i have never played really grid Sport before this i i got it when it was like free on playstation plus on the ps3 a couple of years ago but i barely touched it so this is my first exposure to a game and uh i i feel like they they handled it as well as it could have you got all the dlc in there and grid Sport's a pretty big game uh definitely larger than than i expected going in yeah for sure um i recently wrote an article for gt planet um the first i've written there in quite some time and i described grid autosport as the greatest hits collection of the grid series almost because it features pretty much every car you could want from the previous games every track and every team and it's tied up in a package that feels a bit less um intense and uh, full of personality than the other titles but what you get is a, a very sound racing game that's probably more like real racing than the other grid games kind of portray but as a result it means that the focus is very much on the track and all sport feels like the most um, keenly tuned of the three games i would say yeah, the thing about all sport is that there's less to do in between the races. So you pretty much fall into this uh, uh, this pattern of just like starting a championship or a season or something like that, going through the motions, finishing it, and see how it goes. And and it's not like 
it's not the most inventive progression system in the racing game, obviously. Uh, it, it doesn't have the whole, you know, driver team management system that grid has. You're not, the other grid games have. You're not really uh, changing the design of your car, livery, or signing sponsors or anything. So all of those things uh, feel like a step back. I mean, for, for anyone who enjoyed the way that grid one and two were, uh, were positioned. Um, but that said, I mean, on the Switch, it's just great to have like a, a legitimate racing game um it, it, it does and we were talking about this we've been talking about this for a while brendan uh but it, it is harder to play than uh i think either of us were expecting um <laughs> obviously the the joy cons don't have the uh the controls and and you know the inputs that are most conducive sure. for a racing game but i think personally i was i was surprised at how bad i was at the game off the bat until i I really had to learn how to get the most out of just, you know, pressing the, uh, those shoulder buttons that, that have no travel, you know, they're just digital. And then also working with the, uh, the analog stick, which is, you know, on the joy con, there's, uh, there's not much, uh, there's not much motion there. There's not much range of motion and it's tough. It's, it's not easy, especially like, I, I think it's interesting that you can turn off like traction control and go like fully, you know, sim whatever you know the most the most simulation physics that game offers by turning all the assists off and it's i, I feel like it's impossible to play like i actually think it's hard to play them like a set of course on the pad or something <laughs> like that just because you have zero feedback you know yeah um so that is uh, you know my my one gripe with the game but at the same time you know it's it's a switch whether you expect you know they're they're working with the best they have yeah it almost feels like um the, the reason we can tweak all these driving aids and settings is just to say that they're in there which is great but if we're talking about the most optimal way of playing this game I don't think you'll be impressing anyone by playing this with all aids off anyway so when it comes to trying to have the best racing experience I would say that you basically you put the driving aids on that make it an enjoyable experience and this among many other things in the past two weeks um it's kind of highlighted a lot of the annoyances i have with the switch hardware and grid autosport kind of exemplifies it because the digital triggers thing was a known quantity to me but even the analog sticks they just maybe not quite perfect for grid autosport's surprisingly um, in-depth handling engine like you say we, i guess we almost understated the, the level of control you need for these games because there is a, a bit of a learning curve there and um, this game especially, it's very harsh when you hit the curbs on racing tracks, so it's so easy to, to lose grip of the car, and because you can't quite get a gauge of what kind of feedback you're getting, it's very hard to rescue it, so um, some of the cars are great to drive, and then other ones, such as the more powerful open wheelers and that type of thing, it can sometimes feel a bit like a losing battle. Yeah, the GT cars are really a challenge, they're just, they're, they're just too... Uh you know, kind of on like the razor's edge in terms of grip, uh, that, that you feel like you're never really in adequate control. And, you know, the funny thing is last week I was able to get a Gran Turismo PSP running on my Vita. And, uh, it was an interesting, uh, experiment to try because it'd been the first time that I played that game in a very long time, pretty much since it came out. And I was curious about how the controls, you know, and the physics would translate to, just you know handheld buttons and uh, and the stick because i remember gtpsp being very like oddly fun to drive for being on the psp like i i remember the physics translated well 
but you know here i am playing grid all the sport and and they're really not working at all on switch hardware uh, and what I found was that, like, yeah, there's just something about the way that uh, Gran Turismo was tuned, you know, for the PSP's inputs that it works. Uh, and, and maybe more could have been done by, uh, by Feral and by Codemasters to make Grid Autosport uh, drive a little bit better on those Joy-Cons. Um, it also must be said, too, that, like, Grid Autosport isn't starting with the the most rock-solid physics engine handling model that there is. You know, it's uh, it's a very weird game to play, like, weirder than I, um, than, than I even remember my limited experience with it. It's, like, very punishing, but also not at the same time. It's like you, you can pretty much roll through corners with, like, minimal braking input and just, like, tires full of smoke, but then if you miss that braking point, then you're understeering off the road. It's very... It's very weird, and, and that's always kind of been the issue with Grid. Um, but yeah, it just kind of adds a little bit more confusion to uh, what's already kind of a perplexing experience on the Switch. Yeah, um, we've we've talked um, quite a bit about Grid's nuances when it comes to the handling, and Autosport didn't try to fix that, and obviously the Switch port doesn't either, it just exemplifies the problems. But I feel as if the overall experience and the positive reception of the game leads to a title that probably deserves a place in your library if you're looking for racing games on the Switch, purely because it's an incredible technical feat. I don't think that can be said enough, but if you compare this to something like V-Rally 4 or Gear Club Unlimited, you've got something that's incredibly good looking and can also run at a pretty great frame rate. And if, if you're desperate for some portable racing and um, you, you don't want to kind of whip out the old Vita or buy one, then I, I think Grid Autosport's probably your only real option. <laughs> yeah, and it should be said that like V-Rally and Gear Club kind of um, convince us all that the Switch couldn't handle anything approaching a console racing experience. And what Grid Autosport has proved, even for its faults, which we've mentioned, is that, you know... The Switch totally can. Um, it's just that nobody has really bothered to make it so. So it's uh, it's really exciting to at least get that. You know, I, I don't know how many more games like Grid Auto Sport will get during the Switch's lifespan. Uh, I feel like we'll be lucky if we if we even see one more. But hey, you know, it's uh, it's nice to be able to have a game like this on the go. Uh, maybe not so much when you're. You know, on the train or on the bus or something like that, because it's probably probably hard to play in those instances. <laughs> but you know, when you're when you're spending a night away from home or something like that, and uh, and you're looking for time to kill, uh, Grid All Sports, it's 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 good for those purposes. And you know, I it's not a game that I'm really itching to get through as quickly as possible or to like to to play to completion. It's just something that's kind of always in the background. And and uh, when I have a moment, I I check it out. So. Yeah, it's basically uh, it. <laughs> I would refer to it as a, a good concept game, in the sense that you buy a game and think, oh, I'm going to enjoy this and play it a lot, and then after the first weekend, it just kind of sits there, <laughs> um, kind of in your library, maybe waiting to be played at some point, but it, it isn't the focus, to say the least. Yeah, and I don't think it's that, like, oh, we all thought that having a racing game on the Switch would be a great idea, and now we got it and we realize we don't want it. I think it's just a grid all the sport, like... 
it's tough to talk about because I just think it it, it wasn't There's not much there. <laughs> an amazing game to begin with. It was it was probably you know a seven out of ten racer from the start. Yeah. Uh, to to harken back to the last episode we did, <laughs> and it's been ported very impressively to the Switch. So so in that sense, you know, we can give a lot of credit because the the porting job was excellent and it really pushes the Switch hardware to to its limits. But at its core. We're talking about a racing game that that was pretty much you know quickly forgotten. So, uh, just you know, don't don't go in with any crazy expectations. Uh, and 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 besides, I think the uh, the grid title that most people were looking forward to is is obviously the uh, the reboot, which will uh, probably a good time to start talking about that now. Yes, I would say so. <laughs> so um, just to clarify to the listeners, Adam. Um, You've managed to avoid playing this one so far, haven't you? It, it hasn't been a conscious decision. It was just that um, I, I wasn't able to get like a reviewer's copy. And yeah. also I was kind of like, given the fact that I couldn't get my hands on the game kind of early enough to do some sort of coverage on it uh, for Tom's Guide and also, you know, talk about on Time Extend. Um at that point, I was like, well, let me wait and see, you know, how it turns out. And then I I slowly saw all of the uh, the semi-positive or pretty positive preview impressions turn into lukewarm reviews. And I was like, eh, maybe I can save my money, you know. Now, now if I have to spend $60 on this, maybe I'll maybe I'll back off. And uh, and then, Brendan, you told me, you know, your, your initial feelings. And I was like, all right, I it's probably a good thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and I guess um, we'll get into the, the meat of the discussion then. And I'll just simply open by saying this is a game that I would not recommend that anyone buys at full price, as it stands. Um, it, it does hurt me to say that because the Grid series, as we've discussed so far, has always had a bit of a personality to it and a reason that makes you want to play the games. It's why they're so well thought of across the board. Even ones that kind of lacked that special element like Autosport are still enjoyable to a certain degree. And I had no money propping down the money for uh, Grid Autosport on the Switch, which um, just for reference later on is priced as a budget title. So keep that in mind as we talk about the new one. Um, Grid 2019, on the other hand, is a full priced game that also has an Ultimate Edition bundle. That includes, um, I believe, three seasons of DLC as standard and um, some in-game gimmicks so you can earn double cash and all that type of thing. If you're familiar with Dirt Rally 2.0, you'll know exactly what we're talking about here. It's becoming a, quite the occurrence for Codemasters games, shall we say. Um, where, I mean, the thing is, where to start with this one? Because there's simultaneously like a lot to say, but also there's not much to talk about for going on the game's content so I, I guess I'll start there we talked um, earlier on in this pod about how much all sport had in terms of cars and tracks and right away what you realise about this game is that it has a nice tidy car list of about 70 cars which is fine perfectly fine and um, 12 tracks 12 tracks out of the bat Adam I mean how do you feel about that now, now are those number? Uh, are those environments or are those actually tracks so those are locations yeah environments so you get reverse variants uh yeah reverse reverse doesn't really cut it (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I can't no. remember That's... the last modern racing game that actually did reverse variants because we tend to get pretty extensive track lists now across the board, but um, Grid actually relies heavily on reverse variants across its single player offerings, so it isn't just an optional extra. These are very much considered the, a part of the meat and bones of the game, and I mean, like you're saying, Adam, that that doesn't cut it because even if we consider a game like GT Sport which launched under the proviso that it would grow over time and would grow with the online element that still launched with about 14 environments I believe and that included multiple track layouts for some of those and overall there was actually quite a lot of content and tracks for GT Sport out of the bat for what it was trying to achieve. Grid on the other hand has these 12 locations and the reverse variants, their uh, nighttime variants, and maybe some dawn and dusk thrown in there as well. But um, yeah, I also feel as if it's important to point out now as well of those twelve uh, environments, a good chunk of those are also fictional tracks. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they're fictional doesn't really bother me because Grid Grid used to have some pretty great fictional tracks. I know some of them return this game. But are they really breaking out like the different times of day as different variants? Because that's pretty, it's pretty weak. It, it would have to be um, the way the game considers it, it. It would, it would have an event in the career mode, which we'll talk about in a bit, and it'll explicitly be at night or in reverse. So it isn't a case of these being additional extras. They're very much a part of the meat and bones of the the, the career mode, which is pretty threadbare anyway. They should have gone the, the ultimate retro route and also included mirrored tracks, and then you could get mirrored reverse. Ah, that's, <laughs> so see, that, that, get that's four, a good idea. Four variants, four variants out of one track. <laughs> Maybe that's the the, um, the first season of DLC. <laughs> yeah, ooh, ooh, don't, don't say that, it'll come true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so in terms of the content list, the, the car list is tight. Um, there's some there's some great entries in here. There's like you've got your tuner class with the S two thousand, the Mazda RX seven, all the ones you would expect to see, and you you've probably seen them in previous games as well. They're here, um, and it's the same across the board really. Touring cars have the usual kind of structure of your your main kind of touring cars at the Ford Fiesta and stuff, the TC two category. Then it goes up to the Super Tourers, which are like the Australian V8s, basically. And then you've got some retro touring cars. And t- to be honest, across the four disciplines we've got here, um, less than the original grid, by the way, just so we're getting that out there. Um, you've got Tuner, Touring Cars, um, oh, Open Wheelers, I believe. And uh, the fourth category is Time Attack Cars. And yeah. You may have noticed that the the drift cars that you quite enjoyed, Adam, are nowhere to be seen because this game does not have a drift mode either. Yeah, that that doesn't really bother me, but uh, that's not really what I would expect in terms of like the number of categories being that low. Uh, although I was recently spoiled because last weekend I had a chance to dig out uh, Toka Race Driver Three, and that game has so many disciplines; it's more than you can count. And I totally forgot it has a rally mode within it, which is oh, absolutely wow. <laughs> absurd because, yeah, like I, I didn't know like, oh, Toka, Toka actually had rally stages 
which is funny because, you know, they also had an entire rally game. They had the Colin McRae series. So I don't know. Codemasters in 15 years has gone from going above and beyond to to this. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, a little a little bit depressing to, to say the least. Yeah, and on the, the content discussion, like I uh, kind of referenced, um, the, the career mode that's in this game, it effectively takes notes from Drive Club almost, but not in an indeed like not in they don't frame it the same way Drive Club did, which made it endearing and like uh, interesting to play. Basically, you have a checkbox list of events in each category that you can play, and that's it. The, the the team element of the game has been severely watered down so that you can put designs on your cars but those designs come with preset sponsors but those sponsors don't give you any cash or objectives it's just for uh, visual looks basically so you choose your car choose what spot well in fact you can't even choose what sponsors you want the, 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 the liveries come with sponsors and you can turn them off or on um, you can have a teammate but there's like nothing to having a teammate except from the fact that you can tell them to go faster or hold their position but what they actually do in the race doesn't impact anything outside of a, a slight cash bonus at the end of the race because if every event checklist only gives you a gold for winning the event as a solo driver from what i can see yeah that i'm sorry but that's that's ridiculous <laughs> i i've been already this year burned by dirt rally 2.0 in terms of like how i expected that it would build upon the foundation of dirt rally and dirt four uh and it end up ended up pretty much being the least ambitious of all of them and that's kind of how this is sounding to me i mean it's the same honestly it's so reminiscent of the issues i had with that game because it's like why go to the trouble of you know having a whole teammate system or you know, be, having the ability to hire a teammate and then control their their uh, driving style in the race if it impacts nothing. And what's the point, you know, if, if Grid was a series before where, you know, you were, it had a team management aspect um, in terms of like the sponsors and the sponsor deals you were signing, like, it's almost like an insult to include like, oh, you can select different liveries, but they don't actually impact anything and there are no sponsors. Like, I it just seems like they kind of missed all of the things that made the series great and notable and different in the beginning. Uh, but, but they left in this, these like references to the features that people want and miss. Uh, and it's, it's almost like twisting the knife. Like uh, that's, that's really, that's, uh, that's really disappointing. Yeah. And even when we're talking about these libraries and stuff, um, you don't have free access to all of these libraries. The way the game is structured is that, you can earn in-game objectives. You, you'll be familiar with the systems that are used in games as a service models. It's kind of like that. You, If you drive like 20 races in a certain class, you'll get access to a certain library. Um, that, that's the type of calibre of unlocks we're working with here. I mean, so so the liveries are pretty much just like you're unlocking extra liveries. There's no, it doesn't play into a sponsor system. It doesn't play into anything like that. It's just like extra. It, it's essentially no different from like any dirt game in the past like even dirt three or dirt two you just unlock other liveries over time I mean, yeah that's the way it sounds that's it um yeah. you unlock the liveries you put them on your car um you choose if you want sponsors or not displaying on the, the livery but it doesn't make a difference whether you have them there or not um 
and there's this weird thing as well that it, it feels worth pointing out just to highlight how many little annoyances there are. There's no way to choose the paint finish on the car, so the car's always in metallic. Doesn't matter what livery it is, the car just always has metallic colouring. And that's like another example of why bother letting me choose the colours of the, the, the design if you're not going to let me choose the kind of paint finishes that would make it stand out. Yeah, it, it's it's just kind of ridiculous to me that like 10 years ago they were doing all of these things and then they bring the series back and uh, it just evidently seems like they expected the new grid to, to, to win on name recognition alone and brand recognition because it has none of what made the original game interesting from what I'm hearing. Yeah, and um, even when we're talking about the, the, the co-driver element we're talking about before and the team management, your co-driver, sorry your co-driver, I get mixed up with Dirt Rally, <laughs> your teammate will not interact with you whatsoever over the race radio, once again, something cut from the original. Um, your race engineer will never refer to you by name, once again, something cut from the original. And that that is it, there's all these little elements that added up to the full package we discussed in the grid episode, there's none of that here, and as a result, it, it just feels like a very, a very nice handling, admittedly, arcade racing game. But there's just, there isn't enough that separates it from what else is out there. And there's, there's this problem that's almost similar to the way we've described uh, Sega Rally Revo's um, track deformation problem. Because the races are three laps long in that game, so you don't really get to see the track deform. Um, Grid 2019's equivalent is the Nemesis system, which is basically if you crash into a guy if, like, too much or undercut him when you're overtaking him, uh, he will get angry and have a little red icon above his head. But the average race length in Grid 2019 is roughly, from what I, I've been able to see so far, about four minutes long. And I'm about ten hours oh, wow. into the game. So <laughs> I'm not sure when Codemasters expects me to forge this rivalry because we're talking four minute races. And yeah, this is... Now, do their, <laughs> do their attitudes carry from race to race? Like if there are several races in a championship, will they remember that you cut them off in the previous round? Yeah, so if the, the most kind of um, races in a round typically so far I've seen are about three races. So as long as you get that nemesis in the first race, it would carry across. And the nemesis system also gets triggered by beating your closest rival in a race as well. So if you're to finish um, in first and your rival was second, he will go out his way to make sure he blocks you and stuff in the next race, which is a cool feature. I just don't feel as if the, the normal nemesis system, which was advertised heavily about the way the AI reacts to being in your presence. There just isn't really enough situations where that comes into play. And to be honest, the AI in general in this game somehow feels a step back from Grid 2008 as well. Um, I shared a clip on Twitter that I think you've seen, Adam, um, of what essentially I was going to bring this up. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. Oh, would you like to do the honours of describing what you've seen? <laughs> Um, I mean, I'll try and you'll probably do a better job of it, but just basically you're at this track that pretty much has this overpass. So it's kind of like, uh, almost like the last turn of, uh, of Sebring. You're, 
you're going around this uh, long right-hander, and there is kind of an overpass. There's a road going on top of you, so you can't really see the other side of the track. And uh, when you come along, when you come around the other side of the track, you see that uh, a car has rolled. It's kind of on its side or upside down. Um, but then what you did was you, you looked at the replay and you followed the car that actually rolled. And what you discover is that <laughs> that car did not make contact with any other car. It just it, it basically hit like a landmine and just flipped all on its own, which is like the most like, um, you know, fake engineered, you know, quote unquote drama that uh, that they could think to create, which is just equal parts, you know, hilarious and also kind of sad. Yeah, exactly. And that was it. You've de- described it perfectly. Um, it's worth pointing out too that in this particular clip, I've observed uh, three AI vehicles do the same thing across multiple events. Different oh drivers, God. by the way. Um, so it's not as if it's this one guy that just can't handle that corner. Um, and that's the kind of that is a, an extreme version of what the AI doesn't bring but in general it, just, it it's a lot it just feels very passive like the, the vehicles don't really feel alive on the track which is really weird to say for a grid game there's this weird consensus that some people might see where because crashes happen it feels more realistic but if you watch the v, the way the cars interact with each other, there's this weird trepidation to get involved unless they've decided, okay, a collision's going to happen. And if you look closely, you can see it happening. Sometimes there'll be three cars in a line that magically, like, not magically, sorry. They, they manage to drive perfectly, three in a line across many tight tracks. But then you'll be on a, a track with an open runway and it'll be two cars with another car's length between them. But they manage to collide in the most like hilariously scripted manner possible. And the thing is, I don't doubt this was in the other grid games because it's AI that's been scripted to cause drama. It's going to happen. But in 2019 especially, I'm not sure what it is. It just doesn't look as um, legit and authentic. And it, it just it's frustrating. Well, I think we talked about in our previous grid show. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't doubt that you had those moments too, but... It just seemed like the other games, they were maybe less overt about it most of the time. You would have those those mega crashes, but you also have a lot of these just kind of um, like little moments you notice that don't necessarily affect you, don't necessarily turn into some big thing, but you know, you have these two cars kind of just like nudging up against each other kind of making side contact but not necessarily just like you know driving halfway across the track so they can hit each other uh and you'd see that stuff and it it, you didn't really think much of it but also added to you know the the what felt like you know realistic nature of of racing uh whereas this i mean from what i'm getting obviously you haven't played the game but uh it, it just sounds like it's just way kind of overacted like not just scripted but just just almost you know just uh really playing it up for the camera essentially yeah exactly and then ironically the game's own camera mode and replay can <laughs> um expose parts that maybe they wouldn't want people to see reveal everything yeah. yeah yeah that's that's too funny i still can't go over that clip everybody needs to see that yeah definitely worth checking the twitter account out to see it if you haven't yet it's it's hilarious and um one of the things as well about the ai is there's a lot of pre-hype about the, the 400 different drivers that all had different ai types 
And what I will say is, I can see certain drivers have tendencies, but it's it's nowhere near. Um, it's it doesn't provide any additional dose of personality to the game, because you're racing these guys for like four or five minutes tops. And I don't have a problem with short races at all. We're arcade racing game fans. Like a lot of our favourite games have short races, but. It feels like a system like this would make a lot more sense in a game that could show off and maybe time could have been spent in other elements of the game. Because to bring it back to the overall career structure as well, you've probably guessed this isn't in it by now, but it's worth pointing out. The original game had that really nice uh, season-based structure, so the Grid 2, so the Dotto Sport. That's gone. You, you have a single screen of events and you compete in those events and eventually you unlock four kind of master trials against Raven West um, at the end of the game but unlike the original game where it told the story of the, the underdog rising through the ranks and competing in seasons doing the Le Mans 24 hour for other teams so you could save up money to buy a car off eBay Motors and compete the next season <laughs> like nah it, you just you buy cars from the, the game's marketplace, which is a simple case of accumulating enough credits, using them to buy said car, and then you get to Vers Raven West at the end of the game, who, um, uh, this, is the, this is the funny part, right, okay, like, between the two of us, we get very different mindsets of what Raven West are, because Adam, you're just like, it's just another team, I don't get why you guys go so crazy <laughs> about them. And yeah, the, I never really understood it. But, exactly, but you can yeah. see that some people at least, like, for some reason, had an attraction to them and what, what they represented. Um, and that, that's where I would fall in. But in this game, there's absolutely no reason for Raven West to be significant enough to be, like, the final boss races of this game as a standalone. Because Raven West mean nothing in this game. Because they're never called out. They're never bigged up. It just so happens that for anybody playing this as their first grid game... They will genuinely be like, what is the significance of this and why is it that they have their own category of four races to end the entire game? Because Raven West are just not a factor in the game. It's, it's really weird. Yeah, the, the other grid games did this really good job of just kind of like, like kind of drip feeding you like these references to, oh, if we want to beat Raven West, we got to do, 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 and you just hear Raven West over and over again, and you'd be like, oh, you're facing off against Nathan McCain from Raven West. Yeah. All this, all this, like, you know, little, little flavor stuff in between the races, and, and yeah, eventually you get the idea, like, hey, Raven West, they're like, they're top dog. They're the team we need to beat. They're, they're at the top, and uh, so, <laughs> so basically, if they are having depended on people to, to having to have played grid one and two to know who Raven West are when they're playing grid 2019 and for them to be excited about facing off about Raven West the entire time they're playing this game, remembering, you know, games that they played 10, 12 years ago. Cause that's when the first grids came out. Like that's, you're asking a lot of the players and you're also counting on everyone to have played those games, which is like, I, I don't I, I don't understand where Codemasters gets off doing that, you know? And then if you're someone like me who like never really cared, like, okay, I know I know who Raven West is, but it's and and if they put enough effort into it, then I might actually, you know, care when I do the master trial and I'm and I'm driving against them. But uh if they basically go through the whole game not even calling them out, you know, 
and and then at the end all of a sudden i'm supposed to i'm supposed to you know be just overcome with pressure that i'm driving against raven west <laughs> like that's it's yeah. again it's just i don't know i i, I don't want to be I, I don't want to be too harsh i mean we're being pretty harsh but at the same time it's just like a lot of these things just kind of feel lazy yeah and what i don't really know any other word for it we've talked a lot about what makes time extend a bit different to other outlets and we talk a lot about the parts of games that aren't the handling and the most basic elements of a racing game because there's plenty of other places that will discuss that and that's why i feel it does feel as if we're being harsh maybe the harshest we've been for a racing game yet but it it's because of what we're seeing here and to, to link on from the whole raven west stuff to the next point i was going to make the raven west thing you wouldn't have to know who they are as long as they're suitably introduced, which they aren't. But if they have their own theme song and their own variants of theme songs across many disciplines like the original did, you would at least get the the kind of semblance that these guys mean business. But you don't get that either. Um, there is one song in this entire game soundtrack, and I am not over-exaggerating. There's one song that's mixed slightly different, and it's just a basic menu tune. It plays at the end of races. Um, it plays in the menus, it plays before online races. There is no, um, there is nothing like the original game soundtrack or Grid 2's soundtrack or even all sports soundtrack in here. There is what I would describe as the racing game music equivalent of Spring Water. It's, it's just there. <laughs> there is nothing to the soundtrack in this game which for us especially adam oh that's a big no-no yeah and you know what this reminds me of a lot too uh like the last time i was just disappointed about a game and and strangely enough also a reboot um disappointed about a racing game reboot i have to harken back to uh need for speed most wanted 2012 sure and all the things that you're saying about grid remind me of that experience because there were certain things to be excited about um you know criterion was essentially taking burnout paradise and, and making a need for speed game uh with that same kind of background and um the city was pretty varied and and most want had all of this uh ha has this cult following still to this day people people love that game it's a favorite of the franchise and they they you know carried over the name you know the game ostensibly was a reboot but it shared nothing with the original and and there was so little you could do like customization was such a big part of those earlier need for speed titles and it was totally missing in most one 2012 but i think uh like my favorite the, the lasting memory i have my favorite way to describe it is just like you know, the original Most Wanted, you had this blacklist where you're going through, you know, the 15 Most Wanted drivers or whatever and uh, and picking them off one by one. And then Most Wanted 2012 had a similar blacklist, but it didn't have any characters. Like, there, you, you never see an actual human being in the game. It's just cars. So instead of, like, you know, you're facing off against someone you see a picture of them this this guy or this girl who's like clearly like on the run or whatever and they look like a criminal like they name cars like the enforcer <laughs> like the i don't i don't remember the fucking names but it was just i just remember being like i'm supposed to like project a personality like a human personality and traits onto this car that i beat in the race 
Like it just it just seems so flat and just so lazy. And then when you get past number one, when you get past the whatever the Koenigsegg is at the top of the game, there's there's no fanfare. There's nothing. There's no like end to the story. It's just you beat the game, and it literally says now take now take everything <laughs> you've learned online, oh. as if people hadn't been doing that. You know the entire time they were playing the game while they were doing the single player. Like it's, uh, it's it was just maddening. And and I'm getting like you know those same feelings from hearing you talk about grid yeah and you would be right and i'm so glad you've led on to the next point about the game um the online so you're playing the career mode and you're thinking ah this just isn't doing it for me um, i don't know anybody else with grid so i'll create a custom public lobby um with many settings that i can choose such as track laps weather um, maybe do some endurance races online or something, play with some friends. You then go on to the multiplayer menu of the game and find out there is no way to create a public lobby whatsoever. It's not there. It simply All isn't. Right. <laughs> there, there, there is a quick play button that you can click and try and find people playing. Um, or you can host a private match. That's it. You don't get to choose the disciplines you race in. You just... That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because I feel like some people listen to this and be like, you know, you guys like racing games that have three car, three tracks and two cars, <laughs> so, so why do you have a problem with any of this? And it's like, I don't know. I mean, that was a different time, but also, like, there was clearly a lot of attention, like, yeah, it's 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 tough to make the quality over quantity argument as years go by and games get bigger and bigger and, and the industry grows. But um, when the core game is that weak, to not have any of the other things you would expect, uh, to not have the private lobbies and to not have any sort of, a, of an engaging career mode, like it stings more. Uh, and and those aren't things we expect from Grid, you know, because there, there was this expectation that uh, that it would kind of pick up where the previous games left off. But, uh, damn. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say of that. I mean, you're right to bring up the fact that we like um, some very content like racing games, but they didn't come out in 2019 and have the, um, the uh, boldness, shall we say, to charge £65 for an Ultimate Edition. And that's, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, and that's what it ultimately comes down to. All the stuff that I've talked about so far could apply to, and I'm so glad I get to, to bring it right back to the start, it could have applied to the budget grid title that we're talking about on the Switch. But a lot of this doesn't apply to that game, which costs less and is a port of a game that came out in like 2012. And that is It's the biggest, almost like uh, they were switched. You know, it's, it's yeah, just like the yeah. game you would expect to get to get on the Switch is actually, you know, Grid 2019. And all the sport has a content that you would expect from a, a true console title today. There's a nice parallel that I've kind of internally drawn between this game and the Gran Turismo series when GT Sport released on PS4. There was a few people theorizing that um, would Gran Turismo 6 have been better on PS4 than what we got in GT Sport? But the prevailing argument against that was always that we, we knew GT Sport would get to a point where it would be chock full of content and it would have its online racing renaissance that it wanted because you believed that Sony and Polyphony especially were going to give it the time and attention it deserved. 
the biggest issue I have is that I just don't know if Codemasters can really afford to dedicate those amount of resources to Grid 2019 to get it to a phase where it can stand on its own two legs because if we talk about Dirt Rally 2.0 briefly that was a game that launched and the handling was fantastic, it offered a great rallying experience but the biggest issue was as we talked about the single player wasn't quite there and now we fast forward not even a year past release and Dirt Rally 2.0 is included in Xbox Game Pass and you can find it for a very cheap price. So my my kind of question would be what what makes Grid 2019 as it stands a game that you could spend £65 on and feel comfortable enough knowing that it's a good investment because frankly it just feels like an early access game and that hurts to say. Yeah, I, I don't have faith that they're going to turn this around over time. Um, I just don't. I, I see the the content that um, that Dirt Rally is coming out with over time. And it is pretty, you know, it's what? It's like two cars here and there. Uh, and in most cases, it's cars from previous games. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I, if that's all they have planned for this, it's, it's not going to cut it. And, you know, I can't help thinking about uh, Drive Club and the way that that game evolved over time. Because in Drive Club's case, like, that had a very solid base. We, we loved, like, even though that game was very light on content uh, from the start, it was so perfect to play that you could still hang on for a couple of months um, and, and just enjoy the limited content that game had because yeah. the in-game experience was so good. And then eventually the DLC came and a lot of it was free and, and it came through and, and flourished into this awesome experience. But if Grid isn't even starting with that same kind of satisfying, you know, racing experience to start with, then, then how could it possibly grow? You know, I, I just, it just seems kind of hopeless. Yeah, and Codemasters have said to their credit that um, the seasons of content they're going to follow will have a will have quite a lot of new events added, much like Drive Club. But it wasn't it wasn't just the events that Drive Club added, like oh here's a touring car event that made it special. I, I briefly talked about this recently on social media, but the thing about Drive Club was there was at least two or three events that would come to your mind when you thought about how great the the kind of career mode was in that game like um, events like Dam Busters which is like this ridiculous nine lap event on one of the Indine tracks where the weather gets progressively horrendous and it's just an exciting experience whereas I fear for Codesmasters another event is adding another touring car event where you have to drive the new car and that's it and it, it hurts because I, I bought the Ultimate Edition as well just for full clarification here I paid full price for this game um I just don't think the problems that are here are going to be solved by any number of new cars and tracks. And there are going to be people that enjoy this game, of course, and all power to those guys. Like, there is a great racing game in here that's just kind of hamstrung by so many limitations that I personally can't justify playing it over other titles, including ones released 10 years ago. But one of, my, one of our close friends, Adam, described the game as a, a coin-op. That's the way... He described it. It was pretty much a, an arcade cabinet. That That's the way it feels. It just feels like a title that has a solid foundation 
and is being built to be played for 15 minutes at a time. And to be honest, if that is the goal, then congratulations. Because anytime I play this game, I'm doing one or two events, checking multiplayer, um, just not finding enough people to play online. Just a side note on that as well. The game automatically fills up empty roster slots with AI vehicles. So most of the time I've been racing against oh. one or two humans and 14 AI people. Um, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I, I, the more I talk about this game, the more I want to stop because those little tiny bits of bad news, they, they just keep building up, building up. And you were saying that a lot of the parallels that you could see were in Dirt Rally 2.0. And this is this is why I, I get so annoyed about this grid game, especially because like Codemasters have probably made some of our favourite games of all time, racing games of all time, and they they've always known what makes racing games special and put that in their games. And to be honest, it's very rarely just the handling engine. It's a lot of the window dressing and presentation that makes it memorable. But Grid Twenty Nineteen feels like a a kind of. A, a racing title inspired by the games as a service model and the way mobile games are structured and that's what we've got a racing game that basically for its progression just relies on an XP model so you earn experience points earn the relevant little stickers you can put on your profile um, and that that's it just, it just feels like a shell that they'll add to over time and at some point when the game is 50% off which wouldn't surprise me if it was that case in December or January. Um, it'll have a decent foundation base of content, but then people will pretty much say, yeah, this is pretty good, um, but why would I play this over other racing games which are just doing so much more? And I think that's the, the biggest disappointment, is that this is far from a bad game, but it's a game that has so many limitations that have been enforced on purpose that I really couldn't recommend picking it up over the free grid titles you could purchase for like 7% of the cost. I just keep seeing Codemasters throw various ideas at the wall and and go about them in completely like the wrong way. I mean, like to me, you know, last year Onrush came out and Onrush totally a new idea the opposite of of grid which is literally a rehash of everything we've ever played before <laughs> yeah. and you know rather than than really get behind on rush they just kind of put it out to die and and really didn't do a very good job of explaining what made the game special what made the game addictive why it was worth your time and and why it it how it basically transformed you know racing games into a into something this this different beast that was totally its own and then they didn't they didn't do good enough of a job of that and it was almost like as a reaction to that it's like well, let's just do what we're good at let's just and obviously i know games are grid was in development for more than one year but like almost as a reaction to that it's like well let's just do what we've always done and just just put uh you know a totally middle of the road motorsport game out there because that's what people expect from Codemaster and they did that but then in doing that they also didn't seemingly understand what people liked from their games in the first place why Codemasters was so success successful um, you know it, several generations ago and, and then again with the, the Dirt and the Grid series when they started and so it just almost seems like they're just they've lost their way and they're just looking for uh, 
they're looking for something to catch, but I just I just don't know if they if they get it. <laughs> I just I just because there are there are good ideas, but then you know they kind of you know Onrush just wasn't supported enough, and and Grid just as a response to that feels just kind of um just bare bones and you know i think they they had a lot of goodwill uh with dirt rally not 2.0 but when they when they introduced dirt rally i think people got very excited by that but then they didn't really evolve that either there was a document that was circulating i think it was on reddit um last week and it was a codemasters kind of a vision statement for the upcoming financial year and there was a particular statement that said players have been very responsive to drip-fed content, basically, and um, playing our games with the promise that more will come later. And statements like that just and worry me when you compare it with the games that have been released by Codemasters, because you see that link, and the thing is that link isn't bad, but the way it's been executed is just, I think it's letting a lot of people down. And I just wonder how much longer the mixed reception can go on because this is the thing like we keep talking about there's always going to be the people who are just happy to have a passable racing game to play and they just enjoy it they don't look at it as anally as we do <laughs> and they, they, they enjoy their racing game for 10 hours and then it gets tossed to the side but I mean even if you consider Dirt Rally 2.0 compared to the original game the original game started as an early access game and then released on consoles, not at full price. And they even they even bundled in a Colin McRae documentary, um, in the EU with it, which was really fucking cool. Um, and it was a Blu-ray and everything. It wasn't even just like a download, like a real Blu-ray in the package with its own case. It was really cool. Wow, I didn't um, know that. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I'll look it out and post it on the Time Extend um, Twitter because I think it included like a, a guidebook as well, like a small rally guidebook, how to drive type thing. Um, but Dirt Rally 2.0 was a full-priced game with a deluxe edition. Like, there's there's no there's no like um, caveat to that game to to describe why it lacks in content that you would expect from a normal racing game. And what what can Codemasters really do after releasing a game in that state, except from add tracks and locations? And although Grid has the promise of events. The way the career structure just makes me feel like you'd be better off setting up those events yourself in the, the quick play generator that you can use. Yeah, and anytime a game relies on me to, to come up with ideas of things for me to do, it's I don't know, that that's a massive turn off personally, so um yeah, it's not again, it's not really gonna cut it. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's uh it's bleak and uh I, I don't I never feel good like I I don't know I don't want to come off like we we enjoy uh, picking apart the game like this because uh, I was excited for Grid 2019 I was so pumped when I saw that that Grid was coming back and honestly like to to bring it back around to uh, the very top of the show you know I I think a lot of people pin their hopes for racing games this year on grid, you know, because there, there really wasn't much else to be excited for. We had a surprise here and there, but, but uh, you know, this game, pretty much as soon as it was announced, it was uh, there was a lot of, of fanfare behind it in terms of racing game fans. But then as we started to see and hear more, as we started to see more and more trailers that just recycled content from 
from previous games, it it, it kind of we weren't really sure what to make of that, and it's unfortunately our worst fears were realized. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not happy to talk about this. I don't I don't want anyone listening to think that I enjoy you know discussing a, a game that uh, you know calling a game bad. It's it's not like that. No, far from it. And to be fair, this is the type of game that would preview incredibly well because all you could do is go to an event or something and play the game, see how good the racing is, typical to grid that's very similar to previous games, um, had some great fun multiplayer races and you'd come away with a positive impression. But when you get the full release and the, the full reviews start rolling out, you can't really hide behind that on the on the track action that's only lasting three minutes. To, to draw a good comparison, a set of course a competizione that we talked about earlier in the year isn't exactly chock full of window dressing, but because the game knew its strength was in the racing and because of the type of game it is, you're spending most of your time doing just that, just racing. Whereas in grid, it's almost like a, a torture exercise because you're going into an event, finishing it in eight minutes, and then realising like that's all that awaits. It's just doing that same cycle over and over again. And I guess that's the sad part. Like a lot like the thing about arcade racing games is they, they do have to rely a lot on either presentation, window dressing, or an abundance of features. But grid just omits all of that. Even like the team may element that barely exists, the game doesn't even introduce you to that. It doesn't you don't get a tutorial, you don't know you don't even know that menu's there unless you find it yourself. And oh, no. it's the same with them um, giving commands to your like your fellow race driver on the track. The game never introduces that you can do that. I only tried it on a whim because I knew it was an autosport. Yeah, and, and I I have one more thing to add to that, which is that like, look, if you're gonna make a game that's gonna be, you know, ostensibly I'm not saying that Codemasters are trying to do this. It seems like it was more of an accident. But like if we're gonna talk about like coin ops and arcade arcade racing games, classic traditional arcade racing games that are really repetitive, don't have a lot of content, and just like try to get nail that easy learn hard the master thing. Like if you're gonna go for that, you best not miss. Because like it, like if you were going to say that your strength is in repetition and in learning one track really really well and and just that like you know the Sega Rally nineteen ninety five yeah. model of just like this game is so simple in terms of content but so deep and and it's just fun and thrilling the whole way through, then you better have the best fucking gameplay and handling model in the world because otherwise it's not it's not gonna work i mean that's why it's kind of what i was trying to get with drive club is like drive club worked that that way because i thought it was it was just a blast um and i don't you know it's kind of unfair for me to say about grid because i haven't actually you know played it but i've everything i've read suggested it handles more or less like the originals and if that's the case that's not you know that's that's not a good enough foundation, in my opinion, to sustain a game as simple as Grid. So, yeah, it's just like if that's what you're gonna go for, then then you better have all the confidence in the world that you have the best damn you know playing racing game out there. There's just there's there's no direction, and I don't mean as in the game is lost. It's an intentional blank slate of cars and tracks and events that don't really tie into anything. And yeah, it's a bit grim because all of this overrides some of the interesting, more interesting parts of the game, such as the weather effects, which are okay, nothing special, um, look pretty good. Um, 
but I'm, I'm just struggling to think of what I can say about this game that wouldn't come from simply playing it and seeing that like, it's a fun game to drive on. And I'm sorry, I just don't feel as if that's enough nowadays when there are so many quality titles out there that just pay so much more attention to the stuff off the track if they're an arcade game like Forza Horizon or give us all of these interesting team building elements outside of it like WRC8 or at least intensely replicate a motorsport like a set of course I call Metizione. Grid feels like a half-baked game that has a fun driving model but not much else. I think I think that's that's it. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I think that's pretty much the, the crux of it. Oh, and I didn't even mention Fernando <sighs> Alonso. Um, yeah, there. I was going to ask you about the Fernando Alonso <laughs> stuff, but I mean, it's um, I, that's a kind of window dressing that evidently you know hasn't really helped the game much. So I don't even know if it's worth talking about. The game barely gives him any attention. He's got his own events category beside modifier tuner and that type of thing which ultimately finishes with a, a 1v1 race in his uh, Renault title winning car but um, if you're expecting any voice clips or intense rivalries with Fernando um, I'm afraid you'll have to look at some old articles about him and Lewis Hamilton bickering because that's the closest you're going to get much like uh, Fernando Alonso's career itself you, you have to harken back to you know, 15 years ago to have any enthusiasm about Grid 2019 because <laughs> you're going to have to be dependent on those memories yeah. of, of the first game and the second game. T to Codemaster's um, benefit, damn. Um, Fernando Alonso in the game is more prominent than the maestro Lewis Hamilton in GT Sport. <laughs> yep, I think pretty much covered everything off at this point in time. The thing about Drive Club was you could talk about it in a year's time and talk about what's changed. I feel with Grid it will be a case of what's been added and those are two very distinctly different things. It's one of the reasons why Dirt Rally 2.0's new additions never quite get me to turn on the game because as much as I love the fact that they've recently added for example the Peugeot 206 WRC car which was so fucking great and Gran Turismo 3, um, I know I'm not going to have much to do with it because it will pretty much be one daily event and then turned off again and um, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, Grid doesn't even have any daily events to compete in either. So, they, I mean, the original never had that either, but I figured that might show since Codemasters are obviously a fan of the format. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what to say, man. I, I, I was kind of hoping that you would be like, well, here's one reason you should check <laughs> it out, and maybe I will if it gets cheap enough down the line, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, well... If history's anything to go on with the way it's went with Dirt Rally 2.0, um, it'll be on Game Pass at some point, so you might be able to get it, get to play it for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll wait for that then. Or, uh, well, I mean, I guess at this point you don't even you're gonna get Stadia. You're gonna play it on Stadia, oh, and that's God. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for my for my sons, I'm actually gonna buy this game twice. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh no. Don't do not do that. Don't do that. You've suffered enough. Ah, uh, that's for the Stadia, man. All, all hail Stadia. <laughs> all right. Well, stay tuned for Brendan's uh, Brendan's feelings on uh, Grid and Stadia. If Stadia improves Grid in any way, uh, the future time extend episode. But uh, but for now, that, that, pretty much, that pretty much covers this one. So, 
yeah thanks thanks everyone for listening to this mildly depressing episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna and... need a hyper positive one now <laughs> right right the next one's gonna be absolutely glowing so uh so yeah but thanks for listening and uh we'll see you again soon cheers guys 